This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, Jeff Kasuf here with The Equalizer here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago. Joined now by Lexi Lalas, Fox Sports, Fox Soccer, uh, ex-US men's national team player. Talking a little Women's World Cup. A uh, little bit of uh, U.S. Women's National Team and, and the year ahead, I guess, for, for Fox. So thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, good to have you. Um, we're five months to the day, I didn't realize, till this morning, till the Women's World, well, till the first U.S. game in the Women's World Cup. Wow. Um, what, I mean, first, let's, let's start a little general. I mean, what, what are you looking forward to out of this, this tournament? So, I mean, look, obviously the big story will be, from a U.S. perspective, and certainly from a Fox perspective, and we'll yeah. be all over it, is the defending champions, you know, and trying to defend. Um, you are looking at a U.S. women's national team, in my estimation right now, that is the strongest, both in terms of a starting 11, but more importantly in terms of depth, mm-hmm. than any team that we have ever sent to a World Cup. But you are also looking at a women's national team that has a coach on a second cycle, and we know traditionally that doesn't always end well. You are uh, looking at a situation where, uh, for the first time since, what, 2007-ish, Hope Solo will not be in goal. And while Hope Solo will not be playing, her name will be part of uh, the equation in that whoever ends up being in goal, the first time that she drops a ball or lets a goal in, people are going to say, well, what would Hope Solo do? That's just the nature of taking over one of, if not the greatest uh, goalkeepers ever to play the game and very big shoes. You're looking at a situation where Julie Johnson, uh, who was Julie Johnson there, uh, was a standout performer on the back line. And now, as Julie Ertz, is going to be, in my estimation, one of the most important midfielders and moving to a completely different uh, position. You're also ultimately... Uh, looking at a situation right now where you have Alex Morgan in a starting position playing the best soccer her, of her life. You have a Tobin Heath and a Megan Rapino in that triad up top that yep. I think is as powerful and potent as anyone out there yep. uh, in the world that are healthy and that are playing right now. So just a lot of good things, but certainly some uh, some questions because it's not easy to repeat. Yep. And, uh, and to go to France, and France in particular as a team, and now with the added benefit of playing at home, Mm -hmm. uh, I think they are going to be a force. I think they're going to uh, give the U.S. problems. The U.S. in group phase is never going to have a problem, and if it does, then something has gone wildly wrong. Uh, And you will hear the screams both on the field and off the field from a Fox perspective if something does go wrong. But uh, so a lot of stories when it comes to the U.S. women's team from a Fox perspective. Look, we're going to blow it out and we're going to, you know, you saw what we did in 2015. You saw what we did in 2019. So, you know, for example, the set that you saw in Vancouver or the set you saw in Moscow. I'm not allowed to talk about what, what's um, going to happen this summer, you but drop a little nugget. Like, you, you, you know, <laughs> it's going to be bigger and better, both in terms of the production of it and the talent involved. Yeah. So a lot of good things. Yeah. And, and you mentioned France could be a quarterfinal against France in Paris. Yes. If all goes. Yep. If all goes to plan. Um, I'm curious what you what you think about the. Uh, you brought up the, the goalkeeper situation. Um, as a defender, former defender, how that 
chemistry develops over time and, and how much that changes. I mean, they played together now with this back line in general. For and Nair, I mean, I guess. Years. So, with, with Nair, yeah, but but how that sort of dynamic changes it's, uh, over time. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we don't know necessarily who's going to be next to, to Becky Sauber right. in the back there, right. and, uh, you know, we saw it. Maybe to come out uh, with the yeah, draft yesterday, a and big so, reason why right, is, exactly. is for being the next to her. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and she's a she's a star, and somebody I think that yeah. has a really good chance of starting in there. Uh, and so let's just pencil pencil her yeah. in there. You know, an understanding with a back line is important because, yeah. and, and it just takes reps. And unfortunately, it takes takes mistakes mm -hmm. and those lessons to be learned from mistakes. And there's not a lot of room for error yeah. on the U.S. Women's National Team, although. I would submit to you, and I don't know if you agree, but I would say that Jill Ellis, over the last four-year cycle, has almost deconstructed this team yeah. and then rebuilt it and almost taken a step back in order to go two steps forward. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to play out, because certainly right. she took plenty of criticism right. for doing it. Yeah. And, as we know, there's a history internally of the U.S. Women's National Team yeah. throwing uh, tantrums <laughs> and, and making changes. That has not happened here, yeah. uh, but certainly some uh, rumblings uh, over the last couple of years, yeah. uh, internal uh, you know, discussions, and, uh, and especially when some of the players that are used to studying take a Carly Lloyd, right. uh, who we know was introduced to the world with this with this shot, although we knew her, right. she was introduced with this shot, and it was her World Cup, yeah. there's potential she's not even going to start. Actually, yeah. a really good chance that she's not chance. going to start. Yeah. yeah, well, I think, I mean, the interesting thing will be the end result will tell us, right? I mean, if, if they bomb out, let's say, yep. that, that'll, be, worth it. that'll be on Jill Ellis. Yep. But I agree with you that I think this is a polarizing subject by, by a lot of terms, especially even the 2015 and how that tournament progressed. But I think she's done an incredible job at not only player management, but... You look at 60 players coming through and saying, well, certainly after the Olympics, you mm -hmm. had to say this, but we're just not good enough right now. Right? Right. We need to change not only the players here, but how we're playing, the style we're playing. So um, I think that, you know, whether it works or not, sure. come summer will be and, interesting. And, and, and look, every coach, and she knows it, if she was here, she'd say, look, I'm judged on my results. Right. And sometimes I am, I, I am the... Uh, the orchestrator of those results, and sometimes the soccer gods do whatever. Yeah. I mean, even in 2015, if not for uh, you know an injury and, and yellow card situation, yeah. having to change the formation that ended up being right. really, really good, was that good coaching or was that just serendipity and, and I, stuff like that? That's an argument I get in a lot. I think people, people, that's where the criticism comes from. Her, I think. I think people think it was like dumb luck, and you, there were suspensions, so it had to happen. Right, you had to happen. But behind the scenes, I'm sure you saw too. The change was coming. I mean, they knew yeah, that it wasn't. Exactly. They knew that there was a problem. So I think it takes a little bit of credit right. away from her. And, and the good part, being the best team in the world, is that you have a, a, a ramp up that right. is the group stage, right. and that you really have to work to screw that up. <laughs> uh, now, look, I'm not yeah. putting it past any. Given right. what happened in 2017 right. with the men's team, Absolutely. anything can happen. But this is a little apples and oranges when it comes yeah. to the uh, the women's team and the men's team. So I, I, look, I'm very, very bullish about uh, about this team, and I think. I think a lot of people, once again, that don't necessarily follow the women's team through the course of the cycle, yeah. will once again come to the table. It's just this great platform for, for not just women's soccer, but for soccer in general, and this, uh, this galvanizing type of force. And unlike the men's team, this is a team you can get behind because America loves winners. This yeah. is a team yeah. that wins, and it has a culture and a history of winning, um, and certainly after uh, 2015, the expectation is that you go out there and win it. And one more quick thing on the U.S., I want to talk a little bit about Fox uh, coverage. That Just talking to Lori Lindsay about this an hour ago at, here, um, peaking with this term. Oh, yeah. Cliche at this point, but this U.S. team went through 2018 unbeaten, basically steamrolling. I mean, they, you know, little minor in-game hiccups maybe, but um, 
flashback four years, I mean, they're going to France again this year as a prep. They did that four years ago and looked awful. Right. I mean, absolutely terrible. They continue to look subpar even in the group stage. Um, do you buy into peaking too early? I, I, I buy into peaking too early, and I buy into sometimes you get complacent, yeah. especially when you're a really good team, in that you forget what it's like to lose, right. and that can be you a problem. But you can't orchestrate a loss right. <laughs> in order to benefit right. in the long term. Right. You know, I, uh, was it uh, was it before the the, the the 15 World Cup that we went to France and lost to France? Was it right, that's the one. I mean, yeah. They, so yeah. They so got off the and I, yeah. I I looked at that as that's the best thing that could right. have happened because this was when France was starting to come up and then they beat us and oh everybody was worried. Yep. I said no, that is the best thing that could right. possibly right. Uh, happen to a team as you as you as you uh, as you gear up, especially for a team that's like I said so good. You you want a reminder and yep. say hey. You know, you, you you know what doesn't stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does stink, just you like say, we're exactly. Not, we're not so, on live TV here. so, and that's that's important. Um, and from Jill Ellis's perspective, she's got to guard against that because if they fly for the next six months right. and everything's good, she's got to make sure she brings them down to size. Yeah. And that's where the management part of it is. So yeah. It's just all about the X's and yeah. O's. And I think I think Jill has done a really interesting and, and ultimately I think a very good job of navigating. Because right. as as you know, knowing the history the way you do, this national team. Uh, can implode. This national team, from the inside, right. when they are not happy, they make it known. Yeah. And, and and it's not just a, a certain generation. It's a gener it's it's a, right. a cultural thing right. that when they are unhappy, uh, things change. Yeah. And um, and that's not always a bad thing. But uh, for a coach, in this case, it's Jill Ellis. It's it's taken out many coaches in the past, right. and that right. she is still maintained and still continues on yeah. as a credit to her management skills as much as it is the X's and O's. I think an interesting parallel this cycle that they're going to France almost the exact same time period, late late January and uh, Jill talks about that game yeah. retrospectively and saying like you know, that was a wake -up the call, turning right? point. Yep. So we'll see. I mean France, then Spain coming up end of the month. Right. I mean maybe maybe And Spain's there. you know Spain's interesting and some of these yeah. teams have moved on yep. and evolved and stuff like that. I mean, that's that's the other Fun thing about a World Cup is you know your teams like Spain, your teams like the Netherlands, your teams yeah. like uh, you know like Chile coming, you know all, all that all that kind of stuff. Um, you know this, it's fun to see, it's fun to see the stars that we don't know going into the tournament that emerge. Yeah. And and for for you know for a guy like myself, um, you know I, I start my my research now basically right. six months out and. Uh, and, and, and then I'm ready by the summer for all of these different stories and to be introduced to these teams and introduced to these individual players and their, their backgrounds and their stories, which we, right. will tell, we, we will tell on Fox. And, you know, the, the opportunity that we said for women's soccer, for the NWSL in particular, right. to, to capitalize on this summer and this platform is there, and which is why, you know, when, when I'm talking and I'm doing lineups or I'm talking about a player, and there is a connection, an right. NWSL connection. You're always going to hear me say, you know, playing for Portland or playing for yeah. whatever it ends up being. And it's not just the U.S. players; it's all the other players. Yeah. That's that, you know, that's fun for me because it it immediately in the viewer's brain makes a connection with the United States right. and maybe even a closer connection with the city or an area right, that right. they're from. Close to home, yeah. I think people people always look for that, so they'll. But now, but now, but I also asked Amanda, or, or, you know, are are you prepared for that? Now the the post thing question. because yeah. <laughs> remember last time you know I want to see these players now play for my team I don't right. want to see them walk out in the center field and wave and, and, and right. do all that Which I want them back. Which is problem too. Yeah. So, so uh, I hope you know I hope they they find a way to immediately capitalize on whatever good stuff there is and there yeah. will be plenty of good stuff and, and commercially too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
good question. Wait, you brought up Fox's coverage. I want to ask you. So we were in Miami two months ago already right. at this point, I think, and you were, you were talking about how to cover the women's game and, and how it's different from the men's game, or at least we're, sure. as media, treating it different. Uh, this came up yesterday, too, with Monica Gonzalez. I think she was, saying, she was telling us on the pod, um, it's, it's somehow, or maybe it was, I'm mixing up people, but it's somehow bad to be an opinionated mm. player as a woman. Right. Um, do we, we're not critical enough, I guess, of, of women's players. Would you say that? Or, or? I, I think that there is, at times, we pull punches. I think at times there's a, a different type of coverage. Uh, I don't think that that is something that we do at Fox, and certainly from a personal perspective. I made a point of when I started covering women's uh, women's soccer to make sure that I did it in the same way. Right. If that's a bad pass, if you had a bad game, uh, if you failed, I'm going to point it out. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, you know, if man, woman, uh, men's, women's, co-ed, naked doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's soccer, <laughs> and I'm there to give you my opinion yeah. on the soccer playing of the game. The other thing, though, that I that I did learn is that when you're watching women's soccer. Um, the tendency, especially for for males, is to compare and contrast it with the male with the with the men's game. Mm -hmm. And you can always find things that's, where you say, you know what, uh, that would never happen in the in the men's game or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, you're you're wasting so much time and energy, and you're right. you're inhibiting yourself from enjoying it. Once you get past that, and you don't do that compare and contrast, then you can find things also the other way that happen in the women's game that wouldn't happen in the, yeah. in the men's game. And you can learn to appreciate the fact that, yes, it's all soccer, but avoid that compare and contrast, and you enjoy it so much more. Yeah. But the way that I look at it is all in the context of women's soccer. And if it's a bad cross, it's a bad shot, if it's you know this, this, and that, I'm gonna I'm gonna slam you and I'm gonna criticize yeah. you fairly. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it in the same way that you know if um, you know, pick pick your pick your player. If Matt Miazga right. screws up, okay, I'm gonna say he screwed up. Yeah. All right. If Becky Sovereign screws up, I'm gonna say she screwed up. Yeah. That's just the way that it goes. Right. You mi Alex, you miss a sitter, fine. Uh, you know, Josie, you missed a sitter. Right. Fine, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, pick your uh, Rose. You know, you're, yeah, you're, you're no, the you're the totally new fine. young hot yeah. talent and right. everything like that. You screwed up. Yeah. Christian Pulisic, you're the new young hot talent. Yeah. You screwed up, and that's yeah. that's the way to do it. And I think in doing so, both the, my credibility, but more importantly, Fox's credibility, continue to to rise. And that's yeah. that's what we want to do more and more of going forward. Yeah, and I think that's a, a growth point for the women's game. That, that I think there are players you talk to them and they recognize that. If we want to be yep. on par with the men's game, if we want attention, it's not all going to be great. And it doesn't have to be salacious, but right. to what you're saying is, you know, there are bad days, no. there are bad And passes. it's not just all about criticism, yeah. uh, but, you know, that's that's what people gravitate to because yeah. that is what a lot of people equate with authentic and real type of reporting <laughs> yeah, is, being, real. is, being, is yeah. being critical. It, you know, it works the other way in terms of praise too. Right. So I'm not, you know, if, if, if you do something well, look, I'm not there just to criticize people. As right. a matter of fact, right. I would much rather praise people because <laughs> something good has, yeah. uh, has gone on. But, you know, the stories on and off the field, the good, the bad, and some of them we know, some of them we'll find out, that's part of, that's part of our job is to tell those stories. And I think that, that my job is to treat the women's team, the individual players, the teams, and the tournament and the sport yeah. in an equal way that I would uh, that I would uh, do any other uh, men's tournament. Right, and I agree with that 100. percent I mean, soccer, soccer is, is kind of how I put the ball in the back yeah. of the net. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Do, do you find the or have you found the reaction from players or, or anybody? Has it been different? Is it 
I actually have found that uh, because of I think what we just talked about, in that I think the players recognize that while it may sting in the moment, this is good. This is authentic. Yeah. This is credible. I, I end up finding that um, the men are much, much more. Uh, <laughs> Much softer, if you will, okay. uh, and have many more problems and whine much yeah, more. Yeah, they find you uh, on a text message or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, listen, uh, if you do this long enough like I have, it's everybody. It's, uh, you know, I've had uh, significant others, uh, boyfriends, <laughs> girlfriends, wives, husbands, uh, grandparents, uh, friends, um, you know, uh, every yeah. different type of person in, in a family or, or an extended family come up to me and give me a piece of their mind because I've said something that they deemed was uh, uh, either yeah. critical or, or unfair in the way. That's fine. I'll let them have their moment yeah. and, and scream and yell and then we, we go on our way. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the growth of the women's game, I mean, you got to see, I guess, as a player, I mean, if we flash back to 94, nothing exists even sure. for the women's side, really. I mean, um, where we are now, certainly a long way to go, but but from a player side and even from a, a media side, um, I don't know. Are you surprised? Are you? Are you? Do you think that it has um, uh, grown that much? I think. Oh, I mean, I think it's night and day yeah. from you know. Like if you look at what has happened both on and off the field, and women's, men's, and then just overall from soccer. I mean, we're here in you know soccer central. Every, yeah. Everybody and yeah. anybody. Track suits a lot of tracksuits running around. Uh, but what, what has happened over the last 20 years is unprecedented in terms of the growth. Uh, you put it up against, if you, you know, from a league perspective, put it up against other leagues. From yeah. sport perspective, cultural, uh, you know, country perspective, it's amazing how much this has grown. Uh, but it's also grown in a very unique and different way. It's like Cosa Nostra. It is our thing. We're very protective. There's a great ownership that I think that has arisen. Yeah. Um, the supporters' culture and the way that that generation now views themselves in the context of soccer. And, uh, I think all of that is, is wonderful. All of that is positive yeah. going forward. We still love to, uh, you know, we all we still harbor incredible insecurity and we still <laughs> love to, you know, we, we eat our own yeah. and we uh, are incredibly, uh, but, but we also, within that, we are protective from the outside. Like, yeah. I, I can crush you and you can crush yeah. me and we do it on a continual basis, <laughs> sometimes to our detriment. But when it comes from the outside, we, we tend to yeah. uh, collect together right. and, 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 yeah. and say, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of insecurities, the, the two teams, the men and the women's team, the paths that they've been on for the past year even, but a couple of years here, um, I don't know if it's fair to compare them, but where are we, do you think, in terms of how fans view at scale even the men's team and the women's mm. team? I don't know if... They're separately could be America's team per se, but right. the, the popularity of these two teams as you've got a world champion team sure. going to defend a title, they've, they've done a lot off the field right. that has kind of raised their profile, and then you have the men's team that is hit rock bottom. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and the, the problem from a men's perspective is because it is bigger and therefore it has more, uh, more, eyeballs. Uh, more eyeballs, it has infected the way we look at soccer. I cannot think of a year, and I think we're coming around out of it, but I can't think of a year that's been more dark and pessimistic and yeah. cynical when it comes to, certainly our men's team. Right. But, it, but like I said, it, it, it expanded to almost envelop all soccer. Yep. And the women's team was, and is, this, this shining 
light yeah. uh, in the darkness, if yeah. you will, at times. Yeah. And I think we're coming around the other side, you know, with Greg Berhalter being named the coach and kind of putting that away, not ever forgetting about it because there's no way to possibly forget about that failure, yeah. but, but looking forward, uh, that, that, that's a good thing. The, the women's team, the way that we view our women's team, is very very different because of the sheer fact that right. this team this team yeah. wins and you can expect this team to win and you cannot say that about the uh, yeah. about the men's team. Hopefully, there's a time when when we can say that right yeah. now. But as far as upholding the uh, the, the part of the bargain, yeah. and, and they're different in terms of the women. Part right. of the bargain is challenging for for World Cups. Yeah. The men's is getting to World Cups and incrementally increasing and doing better and leaving us with a proud feeling. Yeah. Men did not uphold their side of the bargain. Right. Women have. Right. They got another chance to do it uh, this summer, and it's going to be fun to see uh, if they do. And we're still on that point, too, where, um, I don't know, do you think this is fair? I, I guess the, the women going to a World Cup, and I was just talking to a couple players about this, this offseason, they feel it's shifted a little bit, but there's always been this sense that winning was not just... The culmination of their efforts but they felt that it was on their shoulders to and this maybe has a parallel with the men's yeah. different level winning the world cup was how to keep their sport alive yeah and but that, that forward, yeah that's but it's, not it's unsustainable man. well but i would also submit that 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 is inherent inherent for both teams that, that is not something specific to the women's team yeah um and i think that that's a cultural thing mm -hmm. I think the women's team maybe has more to gain because the women's game is not as far along as the men's game in the U.S. Right. But I think that a, a ingrained type of philosophy and culture is 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 there both with the men's team and the women's team. That and that's why you know, for example, people ask me about 1998, the World Cup in 1998. And for your listeners that were too young uh, or weren't <laughs> even around, uh, it was it was until 2017 when the, <laughs> team, the men's team didn't qualify yeah. for the World Cup. It was the biggest failure ever in U.S. soccer history. Not that we didn't qualify, we went there, but then we imploded and we finished last in the tournament. And to to my everlasting shame, both in terms of my behavior, but also ultimately in terms of the wasted opportunity. Mm -hmm. As great as 1994 was. We juxtapose it with 1998. We wasted that opportunity, and I think both the men and women recognize that every four years is an opportunity to show. It's not even about showing the world, to be quite honest. It's about showing our own country that we are worthy of your attention. We are worthy of your focus. We are worthy of your business. Um, and I think the men and women have recognized a lot for many, many years that if and when you waste it, you are doing yourself a disservice, and ultimately you are letting your sport and your country down. Right. Uh, and so there is a responsibility, and I think they recognize that. Uh, round this out a little bit, what, what can you tell us, uh, what should we look for on Fox coverage? I mean, we talked a little bit about right. some of it. But. So, you know, obviously from a picture standpoint, uh, you know, we, uh, there will be something iconic when it comes to the set. Okay. Uh, if there's any, I don't know, maybe people out there can think of iconic <laughs> images uh, yeah. in Paris. Uh, so it will be something iconic. Uh, the talent, which were, which had not have been announced yet, but look, I mean, the talent that I have been blessed to work with over these last couple of World Cups, you know, and, and you know, people like Ali Wagner and, uh, and people like Kelly Smith, and, and I don't know who ultimately is going to be involved, but that caliber right. of talent is something that they take very seriously. 
and they're only going to augment it and make it bigger and better. And I, I, I learn so much and I enjoy so much working with, uh, with talent that sometimes I haven't worked with in the past and talent that I don't work with on, a men's, uh, on the men's side. And it's, it's such a privilege for myself and someone like Rob Stone uh, to be able to be a part of, uh, of a World Cup because I, I learned so much. So we'll, we'll blow that out. You know, the, the features that we talk so much about when it comes to Olympics and World Cups and all that kind of stuff, we'll continue to do, do that to give people uh, a better understanding of, of the stories behind these incredible yeah. athletes. Uh, and some of them, some incredible stories on how they ultimately, right. we're seeing them at the pinnacle, we're seeing yeah. them at the, at the end of that road. Yeah. But understanding that road is important to understanding who they are as players and people. We'll, we will, we'll, we'll do all of that thing. And then, you know, it's, it's a World Cup. We'll, we'll talk right. about the game and we'll yeah. analyze what's going well, what's not going well. We'll, we'll critique, you know, our partnership with, with Twitter. We'll have immediate highlights that are gonna come out. So that will continue on. We'll have live shows yeah. during, uh, you know, uh, from a digital perspective, all of that kind of stuff, we'll blow it out. And it's a it's a summer of soccer, so while in the morning you'll be doing <laughs> Women's World Cup, and you can do Gold Cup in the afternoon, so yeah. you don't even have a uh, an opportunity to leave the house. There's so much soccer going yeah, on when it comes to Fox. Juggling a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I let you go, U.S. player that you think will maybe not make or break, but a, a player that we should be watching for the U.S. that that could influence that maybe is. Not the obvious, but um, well, we you know we talked about Alison uh, Air and, and and how that potentially could play out. Yeah. The other the other part is if she does do well, <laughs> it's almost as if we have to, and if it's her and goal, you know, but oh, yeah. the way it looks think, like yeah, right now, sure, that, yeah. that's going to be so. If it's if it's her and goal, if she does well, we almost have to bump it up to an even higher level because yeah. she's doing it under these incredibly. Yeah. Um, uh, this, these incredible Shadow, expectations, really, yeah. exactly. So I think I think goalkeeping is going to be a story going forward. Okay. You know, the other big story is going to be uh, VAR. I think that's going to happen. Do, yeah. I do think it's going to happen. I think it, I think it has to happen to be right. quite honest, yeah. uh, and, and it should happen. And you know, I, I really like the way that Jill Ellis recognized that. You know, while FIFA dropped the ball in terms of the training, they should have done men and women when they did all the training and they right. didn't, uh, and that's that's on them, but to be quite honest with FIFA, it's unfortunate, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's not yeah. unexpected. Uh, I think Jill Ellis, the way she said, I don't care if it's men or women, yeah. just get the exactly. best people in there, exactly. because she's looking at it from a practical perspective. I don't want to be denied a goal, yeah. because Change we had to have inferior uh, trained uh, VAR. So right. I think I think that'll get sorted out, and I and I hope it doesn't. If it doesn't, it's a big, big problem going forward, and it'll yeah. be a big story going forward. Um, you know, I think, uh, as I said, I think Julie Ertz is really, really important yeah. in that midfield. Lizzie, uh, Lindsay Oran, and, and you know, I mean, there's, I can go through the the, yeah, the, the whole the whole team right there, be... and that trio up top. Yeah. I think is just really because it's it's, it's different. Yeah. It's not. You know, it's not the Abby Wambach, uh, you know, type <laughs> yeah. of real in-your-face, direct, direct yeah. type of, uh, of situation. It's not necessarily the speed demons. It's much more about holding the ball and beating you with the ball. And yeah. so for people that like soccer, you know, I, I, I think Tobin Heath's worth the price of admission. Yeah. And she's going to do stuff in the same way that a Clint Dempsey did, st did stuff. Yeah. Also, you know, it, you're going to have to risk at different times. Yeah. And it's not always going to come off, but there's... She's the type of player where you sit up in your seat, you hold your breath because the potential for something magical to happen exists. It doesn't always happen, but the potential is there. And there's not a lot of players out there, and I hope they stay healthy. I hope that trio stays healthy yeah. through the tournament so we can see them progress. They're going to need to. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna need to. Last question, one I hate, so I'm going to send it All to right, you. All right, lay it on me then. Because um, I hate it in January anyway. U.S. is winning this World Cup, or 
Um, yes, I, th- I well, yeah, I, I will say. I got, uh, the groups, you know, the knockout stage. No, but no, the knockout stage isn't, isn't a problem. I just, I, I worry because it's hard just in general right. to do it. Um, and the, the, the problem is, is that it's not a series of games against a, a team. You know, it's right. not, a, it's only one. one so, so, for example, yeah. the U.S. is better than all of the teams that we have right. mentioned. All right, the U.S. is better than Germany. The U.S. is better than France. The U.S. is better than England, Canada, uh, you know, Australia, these yep. types of teams. All right. But in a one-off game, exactly. and for example, um, Canada. Okay, at some point the Canada thing is going to happen, all right? <laughs> right. And usually it happens at the worst possible yep. time, yep. you know. And it should have happened in 2020. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah. you know. And, and Canada looks and say, well, "We got to beat them at some point," right. and, you know. And the soccer gods conspired, and the referees, and this yeah. and that, yeah. and whatever. And they, believe me, if you sit down with a Canadian, they will tell oh, no, you yeah. all about it. They know everything. But the reality is that at some point that is yeah. going to break. I just worry that in that one-off game that situation or and I know Jill Ellis has talked a lot about how she went back and tried to figure out how do we break down that bunker you know right. the, the, the Sweden phenomenon yep. all right if and when because somebody's gonna do it again to us right and that's really where I think Jill's gonna be tested and to have yep. something in her pocket that says all right here we go again yep. you're not gonna do it to us again because we have learned from that Sweden situation yeah. but what yeah. if you don't? What if you don't have something in your back pocket and yeah. somebody Sweden's us again? Yeah, no, <laughs> maybe I, even Sweden. <laughs> I, I mean, I think they're they're obviously the best team in the world right now, and they have been. But I, to your point, the one-off situation of a tournament—it's so funky. We saw how the bracket broke down for the men's World Cup last oh my, year. Oh yeah. And if that happens in a weird way, yeah. and it can with these third-place teams, and, and one side's heavier than the other. And, and we saw what happened with Russia, Russia the team, right. and, and how, I mean, because right. nobody saw Russia doing what they did, and <laughs> yep. yet they, they used this inertia, yep. and that's Russia. Yep. This is France, yep. okay? Where Russia was in the pecking order from a men's perspective is yep. not even close to where France is. France is so much higher. Yep. Now you add on that uh, that home field advantage, and you know you're you're cooking you're cooking that like yeah. there. So I don't I don't think that this is a fait accompli. There's right. my there's my French one. Yeah, uh, uh, more for, than I for the uh, athlete. I don't know. That's about that's about all I know. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you. I think I think it's um, it's going to be interesting to see if they can navigate the, the repeat. Um, I think all of it, everything's in their favor right now. But there's something that says, and maybe I'm just thinking because four years ago we said this team is not ready. Right. Right. They exactly. Won it, so naturally it has to be the opposite. Naturally so, it has to be. And you uh, know, World Cups they. Funny things happen in World yeah. Cups, so. yeah. in a good way. You know, we'll get to talk about it. Are you going over? What's the deal? What I'll be over there. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. yeah. Nice. So, yeah, covering. Uh, I'm sure the U.S. team will see how deep it goes. I mean, uh, I think it was spoiled in Canada a little bit to be able to go the whole way. But, right. Uh, I'm sure Paris is a little nicer than Winnipeg. I keep saying. So. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, long live Moncton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were some there were some rough spots there. So yeah, looking forward to that. So. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, I love what you do, and uh, yeah. you are you are a wonderful. You know, I talked about studying and, and uh, getting ready for a World Cup. Uh, within that is all the different research, and you are a, a go-to when it comes to uh, the stuff that, uh, that you and uh, the site are putting out there. It's uh, it's really important, and and uh, I know sometimes you don't get the the credit that you guys deserve, but uh, it's wonderful, and it and it really helps those of us that that are trying to learn and are trying to get better. Uh, you know, this summer. Yeah, I appreciate that, teams. Uh the team effort. There we go. Yeah, there so. we go. Cool. Coach Lalas here at the uh, United Soccer Coaches. This thing's a mouthful. I know. It's a lot to say. NSCAA right. anymore. I know. U.S. Uh, soccer Coaches. United Soccer yes. Coaches. Convention. United Soccer Coaches. Yeah, the there USC. we go. We so, got it. Thank you for I'm hosting the banquet tonight. I better get this right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Cool. Appreciate it. Good to see you.